podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello and welcome back to episode 61 of the Dishonomics podcast. As per shout out to those who listened to the previous week's episode, it was a Q&A. Um, I answered some of the listeners' questions. I answered questions on GDPR, which has been pamming our inboxes like crazy. Um, single currency in relation to the euro. And what else did I talk about? Um, I spoke about some other stuff. So, oh yeah, I spoke about investment, how to invest, the good websites and apps that can help people who are not really well well versed and savvy in terms of hand, making money work for them so make sure you check those out please please also subscribe to me on Apple Podcasts and listen follow me on SoundCloud I'm on Twitter at Dissunomics D1Sunomics and on Instagram Dissunomics but yes this week's episode I'm joined by my my dog Moaya also known as Moaya um, he's a member of Touchdown Frackers which I'm a part of a group of lads we discuss football we joke quite a lot as well as actually analyze the game in depth and speak about things pundits won't speak about such as racism which ironically we're going to talk about today so on this week's episode we're going to talk Raheem Sterling and the racism that he's basically facing as well as the Pusha T and Drake stuff peace hi guys MXM and listen to the Dysonomics podcast because it's late I'm here with Mariah hey dear mate what are you saying yeah not too bad all right cool so Mariah, what are you about? Like, what do you do for a living? As much or as little information as possible? Project manager. You're a project a manager. senior project manager. Oh, so. see, I had that senior right in front. How long have you been doing that for? Is that from straight out of uni? Do you go uni, actually? Yeah, I did go uni. Oh, Biomedical okay. science. Oh, is it? 2-1, 68%. Oh, <laughs> almost, almost there. I'll put, I'll put all his credentials out there, let people know that. That's barely no. any credentials, man. man, it's, man a basic, no. it's the basics. But uh, yeah, so I did some science stuff for a bit and then I eased into this through like a, my older cousin mm-hmm. worked in project management. She mm-hmm. recommended it. A lot of avenues to go down, a lot of money to be made if you're good at your job. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's what we're all here for, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I've been doing it for three, four years now. Okay, cool. Do you enjoy it? I enjoy it. My current role, I think I've probably maximised everything I could do. So next six to 12 months, looking for something a bit more challenging. Oh, okay, Build cool. Build up my skill set a bit more. Okay, cool. Um, you're also a member of Touchdown Frackers. Yeah, yeah currently. Yeah, I said currently you, you might transfer outwards, yeah? No, no, no. Stay loyal to the boys. Yeah, cool. So... Um, how did you get involved in Touchline Fracas in the first place? And what is Touchline Fracas? <clears throat> Touchline Fracas is a football podcast with a bunch of guys from Football Twitter. I got into it. How long has it been? Like four years now? Yeah, we did. We there from the jump. You're there from the jump, uh, From there from the jump. Uh, I think we all used to discuss football on Twitter, go back and forth. Yeah. Um, then there was a guy Lewis DM'd yeah. about he was starting a football podcast. If I'd be interested in coming on, I was a younger man then. Yeah. Less, less, uh, less busy. Yeah. yeah, less responsibilities. So yeah, he gave me that opportunity, and yeah, we've built, we've grown. I think we've got over 110 episodes now. Yeah, we've got better episodes. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. it's been going really well. Yeah, check yeah. it out. Oh yeah, true. Um, you don't uh, really plug the podcast on this, do you? Oh yeah, I don't really. You know, <laughs> out for myself, like Dan, like Dan and Dems, <laughs> like Dan Dems and them. 
out for yourself, PLC. Um, cool. So you're quite big on like pop culture and sport. We're both fans of multiple sports, um, basketball, tennis. Um, you don't, you're not into American football yet. He's getting into that. I dabble. dabble. Oh, you dabble. I dabble. dabble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think of the playoffs so far? NBA playoffs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very interesting. I wish, I wish that Kevin Durant wasn't playing like such a bum because yeah. he's one of my favorite players. Yeah. But I think this has been the year that LeBron has really solidified claims to being the greatest player that we've ever seen. I never watched Jordan, obviously, he came mm. before my time. But the things I've seen LeBron do this year, really the last 10 years, the things I've seen LeBron do, how he's developed his game as a player and what he's been able to do with the cast that he has this year, amazing. Yeah, amazing. It's, it's actually ridiculous. It's actually ridiculous. In terms of, um, forget, we'll talk about pop and, pop and sport culture in the main part of this podcast, but in terms of your political views, how would you see yourself on the political spectrum? Are you on the political spectrum? Are you more left-leaning, right-leaning, in the middle, communist <laughs> I'd say in the middle but leaning towards the left and that's probably just because of how I was raised yeah the kind of environment that I've grown up in oh yeah man's black in it get me black for the audio yeah partly but um, just I could never I could understand even in my position now like I moan about how much tax I pay all the time yeah B-I-T-C-H if if that I could see that being used properly I don't think I would have a problem with it that's why I wouldn't say I'm to the left I'm just in the middle where mm. I agree with some parts of what the right say and yeah. I agree with a bit of what the left says as well I didn't vote in the last election yeah. I'm really sick of it the cronyism in politics for me just makes it feel like there's never ever going to be any real genuine change because whoever's in charge there's always hands they have to shake and yeah, yeah. backs they have to scratch so they can never even a Jeremy Corbyn do exactly what they want to do yeah we'll talk make yeah, a you... genuine change I think yeah. the people are so passive in regards to their future being aware of what's going on in the world around them that you're just best to look out for yourself man yeah we'll talk that's, that's what that's what i tell a lot of people and um the way politics works like most of the policy if you're going to implement a policy to change life it should be a long-term policy but politicians only look at things that can have results within a election cycle of course so if we're mad passive they're gonna continuously do that given these four-year three three-year um solutions which may look like a solution but might not actually really do anything yeah but anyway, cool. So in this podcast, I want to talk about to you about two main things, which is a bit different. One, um, Raheem Sterling and other black footballers and how they're um, portrayed in the media and how that relates also how black men portray the media. And we'll just talk about Pusha T and Drake because it's very interesting and it's fun and everybody's yeah, talking I've about it. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. Yeah, yeah me, I've been enjoying it. Um, cool. So Raheem Sterling. So what So what do you stand on? What, what was the latest um, um, episode in the anti-Raheem Sterling agenda? So he has a tattoo of a gun on his right leg. Yep. And it was either the Daily Mail or the Sun, but they decided to post the tattoo and kind of say that he's essentially triggering triggering violence, I think, was the, was the kind of line and agenda that they went with. So Raheem's gone on, I don't know if it was Instagram or for Snapchat, and essentially just said that the reason he has that tattoo is because his father was killed due to gun violence. And it's just a reminder for him to never get himself involved in that type of life. And then they took the quote and then changed it to make it look like he is somebody who has been involved in that sort of life. Mm. And this is, I mean, the the thread, the, the back story in regards to how they've continuously attacked this kid. Mm. It's just another long, another one in a long cycle, isn't it? Yeah. Um, it was mad when we saw this, where, the way Sky Sports reported it. Sky Sports of all people. Yeah, like basically... Um, 
he said obviously he said that okay he's got he's got this tattoo because his dad was um gunned down when he was two years old and he vowed to never touch a gun again that's what sky sport said but he actually said i vowed to never touch a gun in my life yeah and the only shooting i'll be doing is my right with my right leg so it's quite sentimental to him yeah and but sky sport said they they slid in there again so it read i vowed to never touch a gun again which yes. means which implies he's touched it before and that is a very that's a think about this is sky sports news like are they really are they re- how are they gonna there's no way they can split that was deliberate there's of no course. way a company of that magnitude multi-billion pound company yeah could fail to copy and paste a message yeah as in an extra word and it's quite and it's quite crazy like how people like I've seen um, what's his name Harry Redknapp um, Paul Lintz the bum talk about how you should remove it then obviously you had that, that imbecile Piers Morgan trying to compare it to having a swastika tattoo which doesn't make sense but football how many times have you heard in football he's a killer in front of goal you've heard that I've heard Alan Shearer say that plenty of times or or he's a shooter he's a shoot on sight so the analogy of a of a gun in your right leg should should be common sense people have flipping burning skulls and and all types of tattoos but the fact that it's Raheem Sterling and the abuse he's getting people asking should he be removed from the England squad for having a tattoo of a gun is, is to me it's quite ludicrous and even I saw some in the Sun newspaper they try to say oh two teenagers have been stabbed on the same weekend Raheem Sterling got a t- brav really yeah really I think it, it, it's it's a tired it's a tired rhetoric and it's people pandering I mean there's the one angle that there's the obviously the black man high profile black man successful which in this country means mm. you're going to be super super scrutinised and secondly it's the fact that people do not want to take responsibility for their own actions. If, forget everything they said, let's say that it was genuinely, okay, Raheem Sterling having a gun tattoo on mm. his right leg meant that gun violence went up among youth. Where are their parents? Mm. Where are their parents? Yeah. Who's taking accountability yeah. for these children to the fact that a footballer having a gun tattoo now means I'm going to go out and commit crimes. He didn't make his money and he isn't successful from being a criminal. He's successful from being yeah, a, f- a talented footballer. And, he's, <laughs> and, and it's mad because they're trying to say he's, a role, he's one of the best role models we have in this country. He's a good kid, man. He's, he's a really good kid. He gives back to charity, looks after his family. He's got a partner, a kid. Mm. He's always kept a low profile. Very, tra- very hardworking player. Yeah. What I want to know is, oh, not what I want to know. Thinking back, were they doing this when he played for Liverpool? No. Or was it as soon as, as he... As soon as he tried to leave Liverpool, that's when the floodgates opened. Yeah. He went from, oh, look at this look at this young star we have in the World Cup, tearing Italy apart to Jamaican-born Raheem Sterling. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I think it kind of, to me, it's always been something I've always known, but even if you're, like, successful as a black man or a black woman, as long as you kind of fall, almost fall in line with the type of personality... Um, that they want you to have is all well and good. But the moment you start to want to be your own man, you've seen this with, I say, I always say Daniel Sturridge mm. and Paul Pogba. Yeah. People who like have type of personality characters out of the norm, kind of like bigger than life. Like, Larger than life, yeah. Yeah, do you see what I'm saying? Like, and it's like, no, you have to fit in. They want so, you to be small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want you to just be grateful for the position that you're yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't cause too much trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah don't Definitely. beat yourself too much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Like, and I've always said, just because something makes you feel uncomfortable doesn't mean it's wrong. I can understand what, okay, so Popo's a bit different. Like, man likes to dance. He has different, like, come on, everybody has flipping haircuts. I like, think reckon we should change his hair every week when we used to sell it this year. Yeah, of course. But, like, so that, that's up to me. If that makes you uncomfortable, that's a bit weird, but it's still, it doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah. Raheem Sterling doesn't do anything to make anybody uncomfortable. He really does He doesn't. is himself. You don't see him, you don't see him out there like 
And I, and I said this the other day on Twitter, yeah, because somebody tried to draw comparisons with Wayne Rooney, say Wayne Rooney got heat. I was like, Wayne Rooney got heat for doing something wrong. Wayne Rooney got heat because he'll get sent off for being very abusive to a referee or kicking a player in the shin pads. And Wayne Rooney was getting bad press because he was out sleeping with prostitutes or sleeping with grandparents or drink driving. Grandparents drinking drinking with grannies. That's <laughs> sleeping with grandparents. Sleeping with grannies or, or drink driving or being seen just being generally drunk and disorderly. Raheem Sterling has been getting abused for this week he's going to Poundland. This minute he's got a nice car. Wait, he's doing EasyJet. Oh, wait, he's in a private jet. Like, constantly baff, it's really baffling. What I feel like is what the media have realized is how triggered black people are by this. Yes, definitely. And the best thing we could do is to not respond. That's why, that's why I blocked. I don't, I don't follow any of those accounts and I don't retweet any, one of us, a lot of the time, we're the ones who bring attention to these articles. Yeah. So you see an article of them criticizing Raheem and it's like, oh, look, they're criticizing Raheem again. If you don't engage with it, they can put out their article, the Brexit Britain can moan as much as they want to moan mm. and then we carry on with it. But then you're circulating that information. That's so well. true. That's why I, um, I blocked Piers Morgan. I only saw what Piers Morgan say because people took screenshots. Yeah. I blocked um, Katie Hopkins and yeah. I blocked the Daily Mail. Yeah. But when I see other people tweet the story, I, I, I can't lie, it gets me Because I'm like, how can I get away with it? But the difference is, I've seen over the years that now a lot of football fans, and the, I'm talking about the white British football fans, are starting to realise. So if you look underneath these stories, they are like, oh, big story. Like, so they're now, now they're crushing, um, crushing it. But my problem is that these are people who are social media, so they've got more awareness of all multicultural because they've seen them retweeted on their mm. timeline. So... It's like being, it's like growing up in London, like being like having like a Muslim family, a Sikh family, a Jewish family, a Nigerian. Like you can have, a, you could be a bit more aware of different cultures and see, right? Then maybe not that, then not actually that bad. But if you're in um, in Norwich, yeah, and this is you're all isolated, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. what people don't realize, I think, because a lot of us live in the major cities, there's this feeling that. Uh, the whole of the United Kingdom is as multicultural as the big cities are. But mm. when you actually do your numbers, I think, what are we, 2 3% of Just the like 2 million of us, yeah. or 1 million. In a population that's, what, 60, 65 million people? So there are people who have, in their life, probably never, ever come across a black person. And their only interaction with black people is on TV. So being portrayed as criminals, being portrayed as gangsters, and in the news and media. Mm. So this, these stories are a big deal. Because we're in the minority where we are actually able to take those stories, deconstruct them and say, that's rubbish, actually. Mm. But someone, like you said, for example, in rural areas, we're looking at that Raheem Sterling. What is he like? And they won't see where actually they've misquoted him or added a word to make him... Yeah, they won't won't do diligence. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's... Even despite the fact we're in 2018, the racial tensions between us continue because there's this kind of campaign of ignorance that they try and push out. I think, isn't The Sun the biggest selling paper in this country? Yeah. That is literally, it's drivel. You open up The Sun and it's like a gossip column. Yeah, it is. It's like a gossip column. So to think that's the paper that the majority of the people in this country go to to be informed every single every single day is scary. Yeah, it's mad scary. And it's, uh, what I want to get onto is um, under Duress FC. So, <laughs> Duress FC. So I, I, um, I say under Duress when I feel like somebody is saying something because they feel pressure to do so. And it's usually in a very different context. I usually say it, but at this time, it's now loads of journalists are now coming up to speak on Defender Raheem Sterling. But it's been going on it's for It's been ages. going on literally for, for two, three years. So yeah, where yeah. You, because Gary Neville came out and spoke, and also like all them black footballers, and, and usually I don't really, I don't actually like to put pressure on athletes or musicians to speak on political issues because a lot of these people do stuff in their communities behind the scenes anyway, so that's fine. And also you're 
your skill is in your athleticism or is in your music. Right. So if you try to come up as a public speaker, they can poke holes in what you're saying Something or they can bring out your past. Because I've seen that some NFL players try to say stuff to defend Kaepernick. I'm like, oh, but remember this day when you punched up that woman or when you got to this fight? So they yeah. kind of poke holes into what you say. Yeah, so people's kind of self-preservation. Self-pre- I wish I understand because it also make it worse. They're just going to put But if you're seeing somebody he's bait face getting bullied on a racial level and you don't say shit, I don't respect that. Like Henri, Henri is a punk. He's a flipping punk. It's, it's fierce, it's fierce. It, it, no, he's a punk, bro. He's a flipping punk. Cause like the way they do Pogba on a daily basis, yeah. And he's right in front and of he's, him. And he's right there. You can shut it down so simply. And he's got all the clout in the world, bro. Your tip, no pundit can chat to you. you yeah. First of all, you earn more than all of them. You've achieved yeah. more than you want. Basically, everything there is to win. Yeah. yeah? And you're the fans' favorite, and you can't even stop that. So when they're talking crap, at least in in the football settings, the football pundits in they don't really talk crap about him selling. But like they do about Pogba, but like in this situation, why why are we hear from the likes of Rio, and I think Wrighty tried to say something about racism one time, and then the way the the reaction maybe kind of dissuade him, but Wrighty's like the only one who I've ever seen come out and try to say something. So all these journalists coming out, yeah, and you weren't saying ish before. You're all bums, all flipping bums. A lot of you make me sick. But in terms of like the UK, I think this is I think it's quite telling of how we're kind of received because I tweeted over there. It's like. We always see the cars at Memphis, the Pires driving, Pogba, Lukaku, Lingard, Rashford, Sterling. To this day, I haven't seen what Joe Hart drives. No. Unless it's a story specifically on Joe Hart. Yeah. Don't be like, okay, Joe Hart comes to train. I ain't seen what Cahill drives. I ain't seen what Henderson drives. I ain't seen what Lanana drives. And, he, and you can't tell me they're, not, they're all England players, England international. Joe Hart. High profile players. Joe Hart, Henderson and Cahill are all captains of their club. And, I, and they've probably all captained their country on one occasion, at least. Sorry, I can't find any Chromecast Sicast enabled TVs linked to your account. Is that going to be on the pod? You can add devices (laughs) in the Google Home app. Right, Google Home trying to... That's that's sick. Let's keep that in there, man. Yeah, I'm making it real, man. Straight from the gutter. (laughs) Live from the hood. (laughs) Right, Google needs to cut me a check. (laughs) Google needs to cut me a check off my 10 listeners. Anyway, but yeah, so... (laughs) um, Growing up as... um, You're from North West, just as I I am. Yeah. And so how... Tell me how you've been perceived from like the the public from let's say a young age until now. Do you think it's changed as much? Especially now you're doing quite good things in life. I've always been seen as a villain. No, I'm joking. Um, it's difficult as well because I'm like a big black guy as well. So yeah. People are always kind of naturally kind of be apprehensive. But if you know me well, you've known me for quite a while now. So, you know, I'm pretty, for the most part, easygoing, pretty straightforward as long as you keep it real and you mm. say what you're going to do and you do what you're going to say I don't tend to have any problem with you in terms of work what I did find is that initially I had to be quite reserved mm, and let people approach me first and they kind of had to be the ones to initiate conversation and as I've kind of risen up the ranks I've been able to be more true to who I am in terms of how I conduct myself in the workplace and like my work can't be questioned so yeah. And my work can't be questioned and our MD's black. Yeah. In between that, I think apart from me and him, on that from so from where my level is up to where he is, there's not another black man. Mm. So it's me and him. And then like our researchers, they've slowly started to bring in black people. And that's just because we recently got in a new HR advisor who's kind of come and looking and said, like, your whole research team are just black and white people. Mm. I mean white men and white women. Yeah. No people of any Dude, ethnic minority. They're slowly starting to bring them in. In terms of work, 
it's fine. But you notice it's slightly on the train where people don't sit next to you. Yeah, yeah. Where people always keep a wide berth in you, yeah. even when it's cramped, which I mean, you want that, don't you? Yeah. But it's our constant struggle, man. But what I've always tried to do, just be real to yourself, because there's no point of conforming or making yourself smaller for these people because they're going to have the same opinion of you anyway. Same way. So you may as well just be true to who you are yourself so you can feel comfortable in that. Yeah, well. There's no point of not acting how you are so white people will accept you. Yeah, that's dead. What, what, for what use is it? I feel like a lot of black people, especially those in the public eye, do that because they don't want any trouble. Like they've managed to get themselves into a position of privilege and they just want to maintain it. And mm. they feel like being too, quote unquote, black mm. could harm that, especially in this country. Because I mean, the thing about British people is they're very subtle with how they do it. You yeah, see pa- passive aggressiveness in the office. Yeah, yeah. People will never come out and say what they want. Yeah. They'll do it in a roundabout way, well, like sending an email, making sure they CC and everybody. Yeah, yeah. And my way is just call my phone, come to see me, this is this, and we'll sort it out. Not mm. all this kind of other stuff, but this is how the British public are. So when they put out that article in the um, mail about Raheem Sterling and his gun tattoo, sure if you looked under the comments, they were all with their avis like eggs and no display yeah. picture. He's this, he's that. He's not even British, he's Jamaican. And so if he doesn't want people to think bad of him, then why is he doing that? But this is a kid, like I said earlier, who pays his, he's paid his dues. Like he came I pay my work, dues. Came, came from a working class family, worked hard, he's an England international, he's a Premier League winner. He's a very good player, one of the better young players in Europe. So mm. what more do you want from him? He's yeah. one of your country's best players. Like it or lump it. Like, he's one of your country's best players, man. So, Ooh, yeah, keep no. real, man. Yeah, that's what we talk. Yeah, I was like, I was a bit like that. Like, I was like trying to kind of downplay myself. But they all, now I was like, I don't actually care. Like, my, my work speaks for itself. You have a problem, you have a problem in it. But there's no point trying to kind of dampen your light for lack, for lack of a better term for people who don't give a damn anyway, really and truly. But yeah, uh, let's talk Pusha T versus Drake. So I really hope all our listeners know who Pusha. They all they should all know who Drake is. I mean, but, everyone definitely knows who Drake is. Yeah, Pusha and T. they should know who Pusha is. Yeah, they don't know who Pusha T is. You're slacking. But anyway, Pusha Tan, he's one half of <laughs> Clips, who were like one of they were like one of my favorite, probably my my favorite rappers growing up, coming from Virginia. Well, they, yeah, they were no free Clips songs. Yeah, no real talk. Free Clips songs. No, no, no. Keys open doors, Chinese New Year's, bruv. I, I don't even know. Yes, <laughs> maybe, bro. maybe not. <laughs> no, 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 I love clips, bruv. Hell hath no fear from the top five albums. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give you that. I'll exactly, give you that. Yeah, try <laughs> try pabbing my own pod. You have to keep the energy, man. Keep that bro. same energy. Scumbag, bruv. Yeah, yeah pour that juice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the juice, by the way, man. Yeah, it's all right, bruv. I should poison that shit. Trying to pabbing my own pod. Anyway, so Push is one half of a um, rap duo called Clips. Um, so he, I think he went solo, I'll say 2010, nine, I'm not really good yeah, at dates. Yeah, Malice quit. Yeah, Malice quit, um, doing, up, doing up church. Um, so Pusha, he signed to Good Music. Man's better go, but... <laughs> yeah, it's mad hot. Um, Pusha signed to Good Music, um, Kanye's label. He's now the president of Good Music. And what people don't know, so I wanted to give people some history because it's quite annoying seeing people just talk shit all the time on Twitter and stuff. Pusha and Drake's thing is like way predated. So it started off with um, Re-Up Gang, which is that like, kind of Pusher and um, uh, Malice um, Collective going against Cash Money because like this is like 2005, 6, 7. So like they were quite popping. They were rocking with Pharrell and they were like doing all the bathing ape. So that's actually come back into fashion quite recently actually. So they were big pushers of bathing ape and stuff like that and being their boys club, all that type of stuff. They had some problems with their label so they went on like a hiatus. And during that hiatus, 
Weezy Wayne started rocking all bait, but this is when Wayne was like proper popping. And I asked him some interview because the streets were like, fam, you are really jumping on them man's wave because like you're wearing the same clothes as them. You're speaking that same trap stuff like them. And he was like, who are they? Basically F them. And then that's how the whole beef started. So it's been going on for damn near 15 years or what? Or 10 years or whatever the mathematics is. No, 10 years. I'm going to talk about. So obviously Drake's part of Cash Money. And then Drake started slowly sending shots, I'll say, on I'm On One, which was like summer 2011, sending a couple shots at Good Music and Big Sean. Then it kind of migrated to, I'll say, 2012, where it was like Drake versus Common. So remember Stay Scheming? Yeah. I'm Funny enough, I remember listening to that song on repeat when I was trying to get out of Nigeria. Basically, I don't know what was going on. Can you just give us a quick on that Nigeria story? (laughs) Basically, Bounce in Nigeria for Christmas was super lit. And then something went down with oil in it. So it was mad. Like the country's on mad tension. And my dad was queuing up for five hours to get oil. It was nuts. Anyway, they'll cancel it. They'll cancel it. Mad flights from Nigeria. Yeah. There's no oil for the planes. I don't know what the oil was for, bro. But there's oil for the plane. I just clocked you. <laughs> you cheeky. <yeah. laughs> yeah, but I said my dad's trying to sh- supply the, the plane of oil. And also, Nigeria, bro, that air Egypt from. Hey, <laughs> 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 yeah, of course, yeah. Usually we do connecting flights, but I think my parents had bad. This is long, but we yeah. so um, we usually direct. But this time we did connect, yeah? yeah. So we fly to Egypt, yeah. The plane, everything's live. We sit in a nice hotel in Egypt. Breakfast, mm. cool. Then we got on Air Egypt from Cairo to Later. yeah to Matula Mohammed Airport, yeah, which is the absolute slums, yeah. yeah. But the plane they put us on, yeah, fab. It's like a paper plane, bro. Yeah. The plane was bare shaking. Oh, bro. You shook for your life. I was hella scared, cuz, yeah. And the things, and bro, Nigerians make me sit. Bro, if you see the load of the hand luggage, yeah. Okay, let's say you've got like bare shoe boxes, a vase, a microphone, a laptop, yeah. You jumble it all together. Yeah. They'll wrap it all together for wrapping paper and sellotape and carry it. So you get some oblong looking shape coming up. Bro, Nigerians are. <laughs> anyway, Not cool. A serious country. Anyway, so, yeah, so stay scheming. Yeah, so cool. On the way back, yeah. So this is when the Rick Ross's mixtape, Richard Ever, which was sick, actually, just mm. dropped, yeah. Man, use all my MTN data to download that yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. I had no internet access apart from that. Cool. So my dad driving to the airport, yeah. Bearing in mind, bad planes being cancelled. Those protests are stopping us from getting to yeah, the, the airport. To airport. I'm just listening to stay skimming in the background. I'm just this. The best slapping bumps, they're hitting our car. Really? Yeah. I don't know why I was so scared, but I think my mum was scared and my siblings were like, rah. So my dad just reverses his back. Mm. But my dad's from Nigeria, so. He knows what to do. My man just got zoomed towards them, yeah. They it's have to jump out of the way. Yeah, of course. I actually sickly think that my dad would have. Yeah, of course. Just keep keep moving. Yeah, I just kept it. What's that thud? Oh, no, no, that's why. That's why. Probably a rabbit or something. (laughs) And we got, I think we literally got the last flight for the next three or five days. Yeah. From, yeah, from Nigeria to London. But yeah, that's how I remember stay scheming always. So that was um, January 2012. So Drake was hitting best shots at like Pusher. No, a little shot at Pusher because he used to to be a big fan of Pusher. So he's like, talk about. When yeah, the his, his, his knowledge of rap history is really good. Yeah, yeah, you could tell that's why he's elite, innit? So it's like, oh, certain line about about the gods start act, acting like broads or some shit. And then what was that a shot at? Push up, yeah, and common, yeah, yeah, and common, really? yeah, oh. and, yeah, yeah. But this nonsense has got you, fam. I listen to these two, sir. This is yeah. a information I don't rap. Don't ask me about no, no Nas and them. Or Kendrick. Or you know, I don't care about Kendrick and that man there. But he's hard though. Anyway, so that's how I started, and then but that that verse was mainly for common, which is an elite verse, by the way. You should listen to that. And then Common Response is Sweet, which was the same around the same time, January 2012, which really got, he got, he got Drake out of here. Did he? Yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. listen to all these tunes. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I'll send you the links. He got Drake out there, Sweet. And then Pusher did releases Sweet. So that was the first direct Pusher shot at Drake. 
And then you did another one called Drake. I'm, Drake fans remember the song Dreams Money Can Buy. Yeah. Push a remix with, remixed it with Don't Fuck With Me. And that was his first like direct shot at Drake. Like, listen, yo. Yeah. Like, stay in your lane. Of course. Man's already got your bosses out of here. Like, yeah. Which his bosses are Birdman, aka Baby, and Wayne. And Wayne, yeah. And Exodus. Yeah. Man will get you. Mm. Anyway, so they've been sitting little bars here and there. No, like, when a man will do one verse and it's like a one little jab here and there. And then Drake in 2017, Two Bears, One Stone, he got onto Pusha T and Kid Cudi. That song's actually hard. It's better than Duppy. You say, basically saying, yeah, yeah, Pusha talks like he's some big old chapo. You and your boys are just selling little bags of weed saying this could be us one day. <laughs> no, Drake's very rude. Drake is so rude. And then obviously people say, oh, when's Pusha going to respond? I know, I knew Pusha doesn't release like individual tracks. The way he raps is very concise. So I knew it was only be one of them ones when it's the next time he'd release his music. Which he released an album last week, which is Elite, Daytona, Infrared, Bear, Drake Shots. And then that's when Drake dropped Duppy Freestyle, where he was tap dancing on Kanye's head. But me personally, it was more of a diss for Kanye than it was for Pusher. But obviously Pusher held a couple bars in there. And then Pusher came with that peak thing. Have you heard that one? The yeah. story, Adonai. Yeah, he went in. Yeah. He went in, he, he really went for his soul. I remember I was sleeping. I woke up around 4 a.m. like I do. And Twitter was going mad. But it's been going mad ever since, you know. Twitter was going mad, talking about Drake having a, a secret son with a porn star, etc., etc. Mm. He gutted him. He went at his dad, his mum, his childhood, his identity, his kid. He went at him proper. He went at him. He really went for him. And how many days ago was that? Four or five now? Uh, it was long. Tuesday or Wednesday? He must have been Tuesday. I think it might have been Tuesday. Yeah. And all we've gotten from Drake is a statement explaining why it was in blackface, which, to be honest, I don't believe for a minute. But... Yeah, he's because the thing is, like, um, Pusher, um, the photographer actually reached out to Pusher's team, and what the photographer said was completely different to what Drake said. Ah, so yeah. was it the photographer that provided them with a the picture? And they must have found the picture. Then I think obviously after they put it out, the photographer came to them, man, innit? Oh, what did the photographer say? I didn't see that. Saying one. like it was all Drake's idea. It was meant to be bare artistic and some shit. Drake's out here talking about me and my brother from Sudan. Why, and... why did you name drop the guy? Yeah, man, 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 the guys that work like, oh, oh my God. God. You know Sudanese are among the darkest Africans. Why are you name dropping the brother? Bro, man, you my best friend at the time. Man, man's in all my open secure chat. <laughs> Bear man doing the thinking face energy, bruv. Like, hey, yo, what, what, what are you on, bruv? only a picture of you and you're going to name drop a next brother. Why? That from there, I was like, yo, Drake. Because obviously, Drake's like, G-Pass has always been questionable for mm. whatever reason. He yeah. makes emotional music. Mm. He always seems to be in these high-profile relationships, crying about Rihanna on stage, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that, to me, was like, nah. Mm. I can't. Why are you dropping the next man in it, man? Yeah. Keep it real. Keep yeah. it real. Push, I came for you. Yeah. Handle that. Yeah, I don't know really well. But it's funny. Like, I, I quite find um, it's very interesting watching like the rea- reaction to like rap back and forth because it just, to me, it really shows how many people don't really pay attention to what, like there's between liking music and being like a fan of music. So some people like, oh, because he had one line about um, Drake's producer 40 who's uh, suffering from MS and he's, yeah. I forgot that. That was proper. Yeah. Cold, but the game's a game. Yeah. I was like, hold on, wait, 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 wait. The guy's name is called Pusha Tan, yeah? Pusha Tan, yeah? Push a ton of weight, yeah? The guy raps about selling unlimited amounts of cocaine. Yes. You lot listen to an industry where the main content is, I've got a chopper, I'm going to shoot you <laughs> and sell drugs and all this type of stuff. And then you lot draw the line, like, oh, oh, man, six. How can you say that? Oh, you can talk about shooting people in the head, but yeah, but when it comes to somebody who's sick, you, like to me, it's so hypocritical and so ridiculous. I'm like, bro, 
you lot out here listen to like my bitch is bad and boozy cooking that dope with the Uzi. That's all. That's all well and good. Yeah. But when somebody's talking about somebody who's um, who's very very sick, that's where you draw the line, which I find quite interesting with rap fans. But how do you think um, the the beef, the jihad is playing out so far? Who do you think is up? Pusha. What? Pusha. And the thing is that the problem for Drake is Pusha's certified. He's mm. got respect mm. in the streets. So Drake fans are coming out with what we all already knew. We don't care, bro. <laughs> like, respond with Drake fans are like, they didn't know. They, they, they did their research no, afterwards. was Commodore bringing up Daily Mail articles. Yeah. I was like, it was out there, but I'm telling you, just judging off the reaction of Twitter, people did not know Drake had a son with a porn star. Mm. And... We're waiting for your response because I swear he's normally a man that people mm. are like, rah, Drake always gets goals for the net. He, he, the thing is, Drake did that. You're, uh, you're not El Chapo, whatever, whatever. Pusher's done this. Yeah. He's taken it this far. If Drake is going to try and come back with another Duppy level style diss, that's not going to suffice because man has gone right at your yeah. soul. So you have to respond by going right at your right at his soul, but he ain't really got nothing to reach for. Mm. Hence why when Pusher said that Drake's out here asking for a hundred bags for anyone who has info, I'm inclined to believe him. Yeah, but Drake, Pusher's never been a liar. Like mm. um, he doesn't do like he's never been a liar. So I because I've been a fan of his, and I can say when you know when man exaggerates, I'm yeah. a big Ross fan. Ross lies every day. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh, Pusher's Pusher's very different. Like and he's been in beast with. Flipping little Wayne, like one of the biggest rap stars that's ever graced Earth. Yeah. And there's been a reason why he got Wayne out of there because Wayne couldn't say anything. Wayne, yeah. In fact, Wayne dropped a dish called Ghoulish or something. It was so bad, yeah. Pushes just said, this is trash. I'm not responding to it. <laughs> and, 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 and it's like the streets, it's like nobody even remembers that Wayne, was, Wayne responded because it was that bad. So what, what I find interesting is that the thing is that Drake's going Drake's to respond within, probably within the next day or two. And everybody's going to pretend that it was better. That's what's gonna happen because they love Drake so much. Because if you listen to Duppy Freestyle, you listen to the lines about Pusha T. These are the best lines, or you're the approachable guy. That was a sick line that's making you. That's cheeky. You're not top five in your crew. That's a lie. You run behind Kanye, who's um, younger than you. They're the same age. <laughs> so like, and and like, and people are like, oh, the top. They'll write in the lyrics. Oh, he's saying you're not top five. Bare emojis. I'm like, this is how you know that you lot. Even though I'm a massive Drake fan, even though I'm very critical because I pay for music and the music's trash. Man's on the cuss. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's no. But I think that if Drake releases another thing, because Pusha said that, yo, man's ready. Man's got so many layers. And what people don't understand, when people... When people so say, what I want to know is, if, if, if Drake doesn't release a response, will he still give us the layers? No, no. no. them regardless. Yeah, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, the thing is, I, I think is, Pusha's a pig. Pusha won't give the shit away. But ne- the next time Pusha raps... Yeah. He'll he'll give a little he'll get he'll let he'll let all the little thing know that Drake man's got the thing there. Do you see know what I'm saying? Mm. So what things that happen is because Kanye who also released an album yesterday, which is well yesterday as we record, which I think is good. You listen he, to it, yeah? Yeah, it's a good album. I'll at least listen to it more to get a, a proper um view on it. I don't like to do the hype beast thing. Kanye released a line because obviously Drake was on to Kanye, and I think Drake's gonna respond to Kanye. So I think if Drake responds to Kanye then push yeah, him. Yeah, we're getting him out of here, man. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 put no, no, put, no, no. He's, he's out of it anyway because he can't, he, he can't ignore Pusher. He's not going and to respond to he's, Kanye. He's, he's gonna get. He's, either way, he's gonna either respond to Pusher, and it's gonna be like another duppy level where it's good lyricism, but it's not really any hard hitting things. Yeah, yeah. And Pusher will get him out of here anyway. Yeah. Or he's gonna ignore Pusher, go for Kanye. Pusher will get him out of here anyway. Yeah. The only way this stops if he ignores both of them, and his album comes out in twenty five days. Can can. What will it do for his rep if he ignores it? His rep is already in terms I mean, of. He's got his stands in it. Yeah. He's got enough stands that he'll go multi times platinum. Regardless no, no, of he, he's toast. He's, he, when I say he's done it out here, I don't think he's done that here in terms of like he's never going to be people's favorite rapper. No, that's of course that's not true. 
but his reputation has taken an insurmountable. Like he's he's always he was like, like Teflon money. Yeah, I don't think because the ghostwriting thing was still there. Even though Meek took the L, that was like them kamikaze things. People didn't really care. People, people, people. I, I feel like people don't care because bear of them do it. No, no, he had reference tracks. They, bruv, bruv, there's a reference track for Drunk in Love, man. There's Bear. That, that's R&B. That's, bruv, they all do it. Kanye don't write his own lyrics. Who we call a genius. Mm. With the best rapper of his generation. But, yeah, but, no, no, he's not one of the best rappers. Like, I think Kanye's... Think Kanye's one of the best rappers? Kanye's not, not really a rapper. Like, he's, to me, he's more of an artist than a rapper. He's a okay. producer, yeah. Okay. So, and Kanye, and, Kanye, and Kanye has always... If you if you listen to Kanye's interviews, Kanye has always said, don't ever address me as a rapper. I'm not a rapper. Like, he, he's, he doesn't see himself like that. Drake is out here saying I'm number one. So if you're number one, man can't be contributing to your bars. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's not like you're Dr. Dre, like people that happens to Dr. Dre. Mm. But who contributes to Dr. Dre's bars? Kendrick, the real writers, you see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But me personally, I still think Drake's, Drake's still a lead. Oh man, Jay-Z's, uh, talk, what's his name's flow from Young Guns? Um, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he literally stole a man's flow and that, that's, 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 that's early 2000s, I think. So I think, and that, when he stole his flow, that's yeah, when JD, yeah, that's when he ascended. Yeah. That's when JD, like, it was always respected in and about the mix, because obviously he had, um, what was his first Reasonable album? doubt. Reasonable ba- doubt. I think he had Blueprint. Mm. And then once he switched up that flow, that kind of whisper, then he went clear. Then he went clear. So I mean, I don't know, man. I don't think. He's I done. don't think the ghostwriting thing really hurt him. Nah, I don't think it hurt I, I think amongst people who like rap who are not Drake stands, it always kind of like they'll never put Drake as number one because of that. But this, I don't think those this, people had him as number one before that. Very true. Because I've never had him as number one. Yeah, true. He's and, always, and, I, I, as a result, I was like, oh, cool. We to be fair, I've always had Drake in my top five. I think I still have him. I still have him now. Yeah. Yeah, I still have Drake in up there, but um. Actually, it's not gonna change because I've I've always my opinion of Drake is not gonna be swayed by this because I think Drake's sick rap rapper. He definitely writes his raps. He probably when it comes to so- songs that he gets references, who I don't really care because those are the songs I tend to not like anyway. Like the six pm in New York, the what's that song? Dipl- Diplomatic Community. These type of tracks are the one that's what I listen to Drake to for. To be fair, when he rap raps, he's up. He's, he's up, up there, there bro. He's, he's up, up there. there. And you losing to Pusher. That's fine. Like everybody could lose to anybody. Like this is like elite rap. Like that's like basically losing the playoffs. Like okay, cool. LeBron... Lose, lose, Defo, but he's been gutted. Yeah, but he's the, been gutted. But there's level to this. I'm a Pusher fan, so I knew, bro. Pusher T was part of Hillary Clinton's campaign, yeah. Yeah. Which I'm not a fan of, but he, but at least once with Pusher's interview, he gave more clarity. Like he already knows. He already knew about the super predator stuff, and he and he's like, okay, cool. We're trying to change the police reform and then prison reform. So he's actually out here. So for those who say. How could you? How could Pusha talk about Drake for having blackface and he's run out of Kanye? Pusha in his interviews said bare times he disagrees with Kanye. They get into quite heated arguments. He's not. He doesn't believe in that type of stuff. Mm. And he's always trying to educate Kanye. And Kanye's always trying to get educated on people. So did that for a minute, yeah. Yeah. But Pusha's a different. Like for Pusha to be involved with Hillary Clinton, yeah, that is presidential level terms of vetting. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So somebody, I think it's T.S. Trapstar who dropped this. So let me know if you can take it as like it's my take. Yeah. Shout out T.S. Trapstar, yeah. So for a man to be involved in that regards and be that close to a Clinton, there's no skeleton he's easily cross it. Well, and if there is deep dive of his background, well, yeah, deep, yeah, yeah. you see what I'm saying? So I hear you, that's true. So that's why it's long for Drake, because you're dealing with somebody whose street credibility is ten out of ten. Rap as a rapper, ten out of ten, he's got creativity, he's got flow, he's got swagger. So it's a bit of a hard battle for him. And I thought people were so so sure Drake was gonna pam him because Drake's Pam Tiger and Pam to Meek Mill. Tiger. Meek Mill. Meek should have done better, man. Meek should have done better, Meek but- Meek didn't come out in proper still. If Meek came out proper, it would still be interesting. Yeah. I think Drake, mm, mm, Drake might have been able to get him out of it. I know, but I think if, Drake, if Meek came at him like in a clear state of mind, 
I think it would have been an interesting battle. Common, secretly Common got him out of here. Ludacris got him out of here. I'm not sure who won out of him and Big Sean. They're doing jabs here and there. He hasn't really responded to Kendra like that. Him and Jay-Z throw little jabs here and there. So Drake's CV is not that certified. He's just got two high... They make things better high profile. So people... And Drake's been rapping better aggressively for the last two years. Like, yeah, if you say this, man, will get you out of here. I'm a killer in this thing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, people who are trying to pretend that it's a close one or it's a draw need to allow it. Like, Drake's pushes... But the internet has turned against Drake. Yeah, that, show, that shows how for for a man who he pushed a sold eighty thousand first week, he's not like a big unit, man. He's not for a man like the, this is what's so peak and so potent. Yeah. And what I don't like is that people are saying people still want... trying to deny that it was even good. Huh? People are still trying to deny the tune was. People said, "Oh, just expect like, but there was flow, there was lyrics. Let me give you the word, yeah, because Push has not got that crept and kind of word play when he's like this, 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 like this, get it? No, it's like mm. more, it's more subtle. Yeah, so yeah. if you listen to the beginning, like he was talking about, about um, even though you're, you're multi, you're multi, you're multi your, your M's are multi, you still have to divide the pie with your baby, with, with baby. But people don't understand that he was actually setting up the baby thing later. Mm. So he's, okay, people think, oh yeah, he's talking about how he has to split his money with Birdman. Yeah. But now it was Birdman and the child, mm. which is, and it's like a story. He started off with, your dad left you um, at five, your dad wasn't a great parent. Your mum hasn't ever remarried since. And then now, raw, you have a baby. You're not really in a baby's life like that. Mm. You're dating a porn star. Mm. So it's like kind of setting up that not a great dad type theme. So yeah. he's basically questioning his character for the duration of the song. He's gone for his, that's what I'm telling you. He's really gone at Drake hard. Mm. He's really gone at Drake hard. That's why it's not been easy to, for Drake to get back. Because think, but even when he went at Meek, he was, when you really think of the levels when we're talking about bars, what did he really go at Meek for? It was more like, think Drake, Drake's got their mad cheeky bars, like mad cheeky bars, like. But um, Push has taken it to a level that Cheeky won't do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cheeky won't do, so yeah. now he's lost. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do. I'm trying to even imagine Drake on a proper killer strong way, but going at a man. And I can't even really imagine that. No, I can't not, imagine that. He's not like that. Yeah. And then, you're, like you said, you're dealing with a man that his resume is clean. So what angle are you coming at? What are you going to surprise us with? Mm. What, I've got more money than you? Yeah, cool. If, if Drake starts saying that, you know, he's, yeah. he, he mentioned that in his last song. Yeah. That's why, you know, Drake's, Drake's out of here. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I've, yeah. I've listened to Joe the podcast, I go, in a rap beef, when a man starts talking about the money success, and you see that with Nicki Minaj, when, yeah. he, when, when Remy Ma was at her neck, she's like, that's how you know that. Yeah, down the, ropes, down, down, down the ropes. Down the ropes. So, yeah, man, it's a bit tight. And Pusha said in his last track, he was, and I've seen his interviews. Man, is mad confident. He's so calm. He's like, listen, that was that was. He said it's surgical summer. He said there's layers. layers. That, he said he said I started off slow. So I, like, oh, I feel like, and on top of that, probably Drake's scared of that. Yeah. That hold on, I got bare skeletons in my closet. So if I even gold him a bit more, the next thing will be a madness. And I'm struggling to even respond to the first thing. I think I think and I think Drake knew. I think Drake must have known what was coming because he released another song called "I'm Upset," which is a single off his new album. And in that, he's referencing some of the stuff that Pusha said. So it's either he, someone really must have leaked what Pusha's about to say, or he knows that, oh shit, certain things are coming. So yeah, I, I, I personally think Drake should just keep his line and just take it out, because you're not going to win. Like, you're not going to win. And the, and it's, what, your album comes out in 20 certain days. This is a, fickle, a very, very fickle mo um, society. So people forget things very easily. Drop a banging album, people will dance into it all summer. Yeah, Drake is Drake, man. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's going to affect his credibility with like the people who I said probably didn't rate him mad highly anyway. But the people who already die for him, they're going to continue to die for him. So, you know. It is what it is. Good luck to him. But yeah. All right, cool. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I don't think there's much else to talk about. What, England, Nigeria, DK? Uh, really, it's two, four sides. I'm trying <laughs> to get the Nigeria kit, though. Trying to sort 
going to sort that out. But um, uh, it depends how much you want to pay for it. Because I know people selling it by selling it out of markup. What reselling? Yeah, scumbags, man. <laughs> Do you know that dark green one? Yeah, that's just dark green. Yeah, that's, that's a kit as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I like. Yeah, I think that was nicer. I don't yeah, that one's calm. I don't the, like that. The zebra kit. Yeah, yeah, I don't really like. I don't that really one like too. the tracksuit either. Tracksuit looking like bare plants, bro. Like, Actually, I like that. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a kind of vibe, man. But <sighs> I'd probably be a, a punk and put Adidas's on the oh, on yeah. the bottom, man. I ain't meant to mix the thing, but yeah. Are you a Nike Adidas guy? Uh, Nike. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. Why we put Adidas on the bottom then? You no, because it's a Adidas type of vibe with that with that tracksuit. Oh yeah, yeah. Some fluxes, man. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or oh. NMDs. Oh, NMDs. Are yeah. Take yeah, it easy. Yeah. Okay, cool. Where can we find you, bro? Yeah, man. You want them to find you? Nah, man. It's not necessary. I'm um. on Touchline, isn't it? Oh yeah. Okay, cool. Catch us. Catch the Touchline boys. Is it a podcast this weekend? No, we're taking a weekend off. We work hard, guys. Uh-huh. We work hard. We're taking yeah. a weekend off. Oh, yeah. World Cup next week. Yeah, so... I haven't been on in a minute, so obviously... You mean? Yeah, so I can feel in what's going on. The World Cup's starting soon. I was on uh, like two weeks ago. The World <laughs> Cup's starting soon, so obviously we're taking a week off before it gets really, really hectic. Yeah. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Who's your dark favourite? I don't want to turn your podcast into a football podcast. Oh, no, 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 no. Um... I want to say France, but I just don't thought I just. I'm going to get a France top as well. Black yeah, excellence. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And my MD is a Francophile, so I just put that on there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think I'm around France because obviously they, I, I like their players the most. Um, but I think Brazil, Brazil, I think France, Brazil, and Spain. But with Spain, I'm not sure if they got that goal threat. Like, I know Spain can like, really dominate the game in their midfield of all their players like Isco, Thiago, all type of Busquets, all type of players. But do they have. But with. Who's their attack? Asensio, Costa. I like Costa. Yeah, I like Costa. But can you, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. But obviously, Brazil got a fantastic team. I hope Neymar's, because obviously he's been injured. Yeah. Probably only going to get 60% Neymar. Which is sad. But do you know what? Yeah, if France don't win it and Brazil don't win it, I would want Messi, I want Messi to win it. Yeah. Just so, I'd be, I'd be just so people get, could just. I'd be impressed if they get to the quarters, man. That team's a mess. Well, I've still got Messi in it. Messi FC, man. Yeah, Messi's families. Win seven matches, Messi. That's all. <laughs> yeah, he's, real talk. He's done before. If it, all we, but if, there's, if, if Messi performs 8 out of 10, they win the game. Yeah. So for those listening, please check out at Touchline Fracas uh, podcast. We discuss football. We're quite jokey as well and quite analytical at the same time. So make sure you check that out. I'm part of that. I think it's the first time I've plugged on, a, on my own podcast, you know. Anyways. Um, also, if you're listening, please like on SoundCloud and follow. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Just search this nomics. Please give me a five-star review. Thank you. God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.